0: The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Tonight we're going to be talking about Flat Earth Theory. Now this is something that's always quite controversial, not just with us, but everywhere this is controversial. And that's what makes it fun to talk about. Uh, Returning guest Lee Austin will be with us. He's an author and a broadcaster. He's going to talk about the SpaceX video and how uh, the video without a fisheye lens reveals that the Earth is flat. He'll also talk about why people, and when he says people, he means no one can land on the moon. Uh, but we're going to go to break right now. We'll get our guest on the phone. Again, we're going to be talking with Lee Austin about flat Earth theory. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash That's J-O-H-A-W. Uh, We're excited to have returning guest, Lee Austin. Lee, of course, is an author and a broadcaster. We're going to be talking about the notion of flat earth. We've talked about this on the program before. It's one of those topics that raises emotions on all sides, but that's good. We need to be passionate about our ideas. And if we're not passionate about ideas, what's the point of having them to begin with? Lee, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you with us again here on, on the show.
1: Thank you very much, J.V. I appreciate the invitation, and great to be on once again.
0: You know, I, I was just, you know, looking through some of our notes over the conversations that we've had and uh, noted that, you know, you were obviously quite an accomplished broadcaster yourself. That's kind of where you got your start in all of this. Is um, Was it radio, specifically?
1: Yeah, I've been in radio for about 30 years, or at least I was. In 2007, I started working at a 50,000-watt radio station in Texas, Started doing conspiracy radio, kind of like what you were doing, and then in uh, 2014, moved to Austin, got a national show, did that for about two years, started talking about flat earth based on a phone call. I thought it was ridiculous. The topic was insane. Eight months later, I'm a believer, and I get fired from my job, and that led to the writing of the book Morning Star's Tale.
0: You know, it's, it's disquieting. It's, it's discomforting, even. Uh, And it seems to be more and more common where people are being silenced for an opinion or a point of view or a belief. I thought that we were in a place and, you know, barring, you know, shouting fire in a crowded uh, theater or pornography or some of these things that definitely cross the lines. Just having a contrary opinion to somebody else is enough to get you fired or blacklisted or or attacked on social media incessantly. We're living in strange times.
1: We are, and for me, I have. I'm I'm becoming more entrenched in this, not because I want to be stubborn, but because of what occurred a couple weeks ago. And I'd like to get right into that because it's amazing what happened with SpaceX.
0: Um, I do want to get into that, but I just want a couple other things I want to bring up because I think this is important. YouTube recently. sent out a letter to its creators or they, you know, they send weekly updates on what's going on on YouTube. And one of the ones that came out recently was talking about certain topics that are going to start uh, being relegated to the bottom of the list or in some cases outright censored. And Flat Earth was among those topics. And, you know, as I'm reading this list thinking, okay, we put our program on YouTube and we talk about Flat Earth, we talk about, you know, uh, Bigfoot, we talk about conspiracy theories, uh, whether it's, you know, the 9-11 stuff, whether it's JFK, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. And all of these things are now out of favor with the tech lords that seem to control all of the information being disseminated throughout not just the nation, but the world
1: the two top stories or rather conspiracy theories that are being uh let's let's say we say downgraded by youtube via their algorithms number 1 is 911 and number 2 is flat earth i can understand 911 why in the world are they so focused on not getting the word out about flat earth and you almost get the impression those topics that they suppress the most seem to contain the most truth
0: I just don't understand why they feel the need to suppress this stuff. I mean, for the most part, we're talking about a lot of adults here that can make up their own minds and determine whether or not they want to watch or listen to a program that presents a certain point of view. That's really up to them. But to silence the voices themselves seems completely, uh, well, I'll say it, even though I don't know if it means anything anymore, anti-American.
1: Absolutely. We're moving into a technocracy and a technocracy is where those in tech, Apple, Google, merge with the bureaucrats, which we're seeing with COVID, and they run the world. So what you're going to see, I believe, and this has nothing to do with Flutter, is emerging in the coming years of the technocrats and the bureaucrats forming what uh, some are calling a technocracy, where those in charge of tech and the government run the world. It's a form of high-tech fascism.
0: Uh, I don't think we have to wait to see it. I think we're already seeing it, and we're seeing it pretty boldly enacted. However, my glimmer of hope here, and this is something that I've been talking about for a couple of years anyway, maybe even as many as five years, there needs to be some antitrust action taken. We cannot have one company, Google, controlling the spigot for 80% of all information that is being uh, disseminated throughout the United States or the world. That's not—that's too much power for one company. We can't have a, another company, Amazon, driving all other retailers out of business to the point where they will control, uh, you know, upwards of 70, 80, 90% of all retail commerce in the country. These are, these are very dangerous things. Uh, There've been other companies that have been broken up for less.
1: I agree. And you have to get to the bottom line, which is Google, Facebook, you know, these are utilities, much like uh, electric companies were back in the day. And they need to be, and I'm, I'm all for freedom, but they need to be regulated Me and too. regulated heavily because Me- they're running the game and they're determining what free speech is and what truth is. And when you're going out of your way to delist flat Earth videos, what is the agenda? What are you afraid of? I thought this was some sort of insane theory that nobody believed. If it's so crazy, <laughs> right. what exactly are you afraid of?
0: It, it's that's a great point. I want to again hit the rewind button here a little bit. You said that when you were doing your radio show, you got a I don't know a phone call or a couple of phone calls. Maybe it was a guest you had on the program started talking about this flat Earth concept, and you thought this is craziness. But over the course of several months, you changed your tune. What was happening that was making you think differently about this?
1: I'm like you, JV. I'm I'm open. You tell me what you believe in, I'll listen to you, I won't criticize you, I'll be open, I'll do my own research and come to my own conclusion. And that's exactly what I did with Flat Earth. I got a call one day from a guy who said, you ought to check into it. And I said, you know, on the surface it sounds insane, but I'm going to give it the benefit of a doubt. I'm going to start doing my own investigative work. So I started watching the YouTube videos like everyone else. I read the Book of Enoch. I read The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly Hall, which is all about Freemasonry. Reread the Bible, and I came to the conclusion that something is going on because the numbers just don't add up. And after about eight months, I announced on the radio that I had become a believer, 5149 Flat Earth. I'm now 99%. I believe 100% in God. I can't see him, but I believe 99% in Flat Earth. I still have to see it because it's physical, but I do believe in my heart that this is without a doubt. The greatest conspiracy theory of all time because where we live is so important because, in fact, they are hiding the great architect, and this ties into the technocracy where those who are in charge of technocracy like Google and Facebook don't want people to know that the earth is flat because then that points to intelligent design and screws up their agenda.
0: You know, the overriding question for all of this, and I don't know if this is the point in the discussion to address it, but is why. And you kind of started to talk about it there. But the the other big question, other than what's the evidence of this, is how can so many components, whether it's government, whether it's uh, tech, uh, technology companies, whether it's scientists, whether, it, you know, just go through the list of people that would have to be in the know of this and know that it's uh, a cover up. With all of those people involved, why aren't there people blowing the whistle?
1: The reality is there's very few people involved. I work as a logistics coordinator during the week, basically coordinating freight. I'm working home like everybody else remotely. I get a call or an email. Someone says, I want to ship something from Japan to the United States. How much is it? I'm a broker. I know nothing about the company I work for. For all I know, they could be running drugs. It's the same thing with NASA. Someone is told, sit behind the desk. And watch this dial or do this. Most people that work for NASA are good, honest, hardworking people who have no idea the Earth is flat. The ones that do know it is flat is compartmentalized. The astronauts, of course, and those at the very top. There are very few people, in my opinion, that know the Earth is flat, but they basically compartmentalize everybody who works in their agency or company, and that's how they can keep it a secret.
0: Would the leaders of uh, major nations be in the know on this?
1: I think so. You take China when they landed on the dark side of the moon, allegedly a couple months ago. I think all of the nation's space agencies, and that is the executive board, they know, the astronauts, they know. I think most of the world's leaders are aware of it, I don't know. I'm just some guy who wrote a book. But I do believe that the very top, the 1%, they're the ones that know. And the reason they're keeping it a secret, J.V., is control. It's just like the Matrix. It's about control. It's not even about money. Yeah, NASA gets $58 million a day from the U.S. taxpayer, but it's all about control. If they can control us, they control the narrative.
0: We've seen that uh, express itself in so many different ways in, uh, you know, since really since we the coronavirus pandemic has made it reared its ugly head. And then these riots and protests, um, you know, these control elements are coming out of every corner of uh, government and technology and and from every direction. And they seem to be using any excuse they can get their hands on to control more of our lives. Is that part of the overall agenda here?
1: Absolutely. When they control the narrative, they control the people. And we're seeing it with COVID, not to get off topic, but obviously they're using fear. And fear is a wonderful motivator. And let's face it, we are a soft nation. And when it comes down to freedom, we'll trade it in, I'm speaking collectively, for security. This is a soft country, and I don't see people standing up to what's coming.
0: Yeah, that was one of that was one of the things, I think it was, uh, it was Benjamin Franklin, I'm not sure, one of our founding fathers did warn us about, I think it was Benjamin Franklin, actually, uh, warning us about giving away our, our freedoms for uh, the, the guise of security. And we're watching it happen here. So, you know, just, uh, what, a week ago, we re-entered manned space flights here in the United States. We hadn't sent up uh, our, uh, any of our people on one of our rockets in how many years? It's been a long time.
1: It's been a very long time, I think about 10 or 12 years since we've done any kind of exploration, quote-unquote, low-Earth orbit.
0: Yeah, we've been outsourcing all of that to, of all places, Russia, and maybe—I don't know if China has done any of that for us. I know Russia has. Um, but we took a big uh, turn around a very important corner, if you want, if, if we can believe all of this. And a, a private company, SpaceX, um, which is owned by Elon Musk— uh, has been working on a more efficient and more um, suitable way to take humans into space. Tell us what's going on in the, from the official point of view here.
1: The official word is they want to get back on the moon 2024. I live on the east coast of Florida. I actually live about 40 miles from Cape Canaveral. When they had the space launch a couple weeks ago, I decided not to go to the beach to watch it. I came home and pulled up the video. So I'm watching SpaceX in low-Earth orbit, 250 miles in altitude, which is where the International Space Station allegedly orbits, and I saw the most amazing thing, JV. A split screen on the left with a fisheye lens, you see the curvature of the Earth, and on the right, no fisheye lens. There's two cameras that rotate back and forth every eight to ten seconds, and what you're seeing is a curved Earth and a straight-edged Earth. If you go to my website, MorningStarsTale.com, Morning Stars, and it's T-A-L-E.com. Go to the home page and scroll down. You'll see something that says SpaceX. Go to 10:43 of that video, and what you're going to see, JV, is a split screen. And on the right side, you're going to see the curved Earth from 250 miles out. Ten seconds later, you're going to see a straight-edged Earth from camera number two. What I think happened was they forgot to put a fisheye lens on camera number two. And if this is what I think it is, it is almost like the um, Zapruder film with JFK. It's the evidence all the flat earthers have been looking for for a very long time. You know, when somebody says, hey, I've got a flat Earth video, people roll their eyes. Okay, another guy in his mom's basement trying to prove the Earth is flat. This is the actual feed from SpaceX, which was broadcast around the world. This is not my video. This is their video. You're seeing two shots of the Earth, one curved and one with a straight edge. If it is what I think it is, it is the first shot of the flat Earth from 250 miles out. It's astounding if it's true, and I believe it's true.
0: These were cameras that were mounted on the uh the rocket itself.
1: Uh, on the uh, space capsule.
0: On the capsule. In other
1: words, yeah, it takes off and eventually it gets to its orbit. And what you're seeing is two different distinct views of the Earth, one on each side of the space capsule. On the left You'll see a shot for about 10 seconds, and it shows the Earth curved, no doubt about it. It's a curved Earth. Ten seconds later, the other camera clicks on, and it shows a straight edge, which would indicate the Earth is flat. No curvature at all. Now, if this happened once, okay, I could understand some sort of anomaly. They focused on this thing for like three or four minutes going back and forth back and forth it was almost like they were going out of their way to show you reality Mm. and i can't understand why it happened this wasn't nasa maybe someone at spacex either a forgot to put a fisheye lens on the camera or they're purposely doing it i don't know which it is but i can't believe that kind of an oversight would occur if the earth is indeed flat. But when you go to the video, the it is without a doubt a straight edge, which would indicate a flat earth.
0: Has anybody posed the question to either SpaceX officials or NASA officials or anyone saying, hey, we've noticed this anomaly between the two camera views. Can someone explain it?
1: No one. I... Posted the video on a a website that uh, occasionally runs my stories, and it had just under 10,000 views in a couple days. People want to know, but what they want is the truth, and they want it unfiltered, and they don't want it from some guy living in his basement saying the Earth is flat. This is the Rosetta Stone. This is an actual SpaceX video broadcast on networks across the world. It's their video. It's showing a curved earth, and then 10 seconds later, a flat earth. Which is it? And why is it that nobody is asking this question? What what astounds me through all of this is that I haven't seen anything in the media where anyone has picked up on this.
0: When you get into discussing these ideas, uh, what's the m- most common pushback other than oh that's that's crazy i i, I don't believe it i mean th- when you get into a serious conversation what's the pushback
1: the number one pushback is curvature i live on the like i said the coast of florida i can see out about three miles i decided to do my own experiment i saw a boat go over the horizon which everyone assumes is curvature i took out a pair of binoculars and it came back into view which says there is no curve so curvature is is number one for example in uh take chicago for example you go 60 miles on the other side of lake michigan there's a place called st joseph from st joseph to chicago across lake michigan is 60 miles the willis tower which is the tallest skyscraper in chicago should be 1400 feet under the curve but under a clear condition you can actually see the entire chicago skyline now when i tell you something like that as an example Most people's eyes glaze. I don't know what it is. There's a disconnect that occurs. That's why this video, this SpaceX video, is so important because it's their video. It's their evidence against themselves. And somebody in authority somewhere might want to bring it up to SpaceX. Hey, did you notice that one of your cameras didn't have a fisheye lens and you were broadcasting the flat Earth? No one has said a thing about this.
0: Maybe SpaceX has its own version of uh, of a Watergate's deep throat embedded <laughs> in the organization saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some things to let some of these clues out.
1: Well, it, it, it's like 9-11. Think about it. And I'm sure you've discussed it many times, JV. If you want to get to the heart of 9-11, it's Building 7, not the Twin Towers. It's Building 7. Why did that building fall on its own when it wasn't even hit by a plane? That's the Rosetta Stone of 9-11. The Rosetta Stone of Flat Earth is this SpaceX video. It's showing a flat Earth at 250 miles. And if you keep going up in altitude, that straight edge will keep extending out even further. So we're only seeing part of the flat Earth. But we're for the first time in the history that I know of, We're actually seeing the straight edge of the flat Earth from 250 miles up.
0: Recently. It's
1: unbelievable. I mean, it really is. When I saw it, I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
0: Recently, um, an amateur, I don't know if we'll call him an amateur or an astronomer, but he was somebody who believed in flat Earth, and he'd been building his own rockets, and one of his objectives was to get more evidence of the flat Earth concept. Uh, He uh, launched in a rocket in February and the rocket uh, failed and he ended up losing his life in this effort. And I'm talking about um, uh, Mad Mike Hughes, the nickname that people gave him. Um, You're familiar with his work, I'm assuming, and what he was trying to do.
1: Yeah, and he was mad. He was going up 5,000 feet. Just book a ticket with Southwest. You can go (laughs) 35,000 feet and people won't believe you. You know, and they've had, they've had... Hot air balloons go 120,000 feet, you know, eight or nine miles, 10 miles, 12 miles. This SpaceX video is 250 miles up. It's the best shot you're ever gonna see of the flat Earth, and it's given to you courtesy of Elon Musk.
0: We've got some questions scrolling through our chat rooms. I wanna try to address a few of them as we go along because people have real questions as it relates to this theory. And one of them is if the earth is flat, Lee, there's got to be another side. What's on the other side of this flat earth?
1: Well, that's always the funny question, because don't cats push everything off the edge? In reality, and again, the, the book Morning Star's Tale is narrated by Lucifer. I had to have him narrate the book to give a credibility. But according to the Book of Enoch and according to Lucifer, there is a dome over this flat Earth. So we don't know. The Antarctic Treaty, which was enacted in 1959, doesn't allow exploration to the South Pole. You can only go to the edge. The conjecture is with uh, Richard uh, Admiral Byrd back in the 50s is that he found the edge. He found the dome. And so the answer to the question is, this is what I personally believe, is that if you keep heading south, eventually... You're going to hit the Antarctic ice wall, and then after that, all bets are off the table. Nobody knows what comes after that, except at some point, I believe the Firmament Dome intercepts, or if you will, hits the ground somewhere along the flat plane. So the answer to the question is you don't fall off the edge because we are in a dome, and there's no getting out.
0: So then another question comes up about, well, what are we looking at when we look up into the sky, particularly the night sky? We see a moon. We see other planets. Some you know, people confuse them with stars, but they're there. What are we looking at when we're looking up in the sky?
1: According to the Book of Enoch and according to Lucifer and Morningstar's Tale, what he believes and what I believe is that the stars that we see in the sky are, in fact, luminaries, sentient beings in the um Second heaven of the fourth dimension. So this is how it works, according to the Book of Enoch. We live in the first heaven of the third dimension. Above us is a dome about 3,500 miles high. Below the dome, the earth uh, has the sun and the moon rotate clockwise around the flat plane. but beneath the firmament dome. Above the dome, according to the Book of Enoch, is a much greater ocean than any ocean in the world. So Literally, we're in a terrarium, and above us is a dome and an ocean, and contained within that dome are the sentient beings known as the luminaries. They're, in fact, alive. So if you want to see extraterrestrials, just look up into the sky. And the reason that the stars, quote-unquote, twinkle, according to the Book of Enoch, is because their light is reflected through the firmament dome, which is actually a hardened lens that encompasses and goes across the entire flat Earth. So the flat Earth is a lot bigger than the spherical Earth. For example, if you believe in the heliocentric theory, uh, this ball is 24,901 miles in circumference. According to the stats I'm getting from the Book of Enoch, the uh, ring that Antarctica is is 60,000 miles in circumference. So the flat Earth is a lot bigger than the rounder.
0: When you talk about the Book of Enoch, you're um, you're talking about the biblical. Well, it was actually not included in the version of the Bible that is commonly read, um, but it is a biblical book. And uh, how literal is this information in the Book of Enoch? Is it, is are we talking about literal interpretation here? Are you to, are you using uh, what might be considered a more liberal interpretation of the words in the in the Book of Enoch?
1: What shocked me, I hadn't read the book of Enoch. I didn't even know what it was until about seven years ago. And I read the book of Enoch and the secret book of Enoch. And literally, there is a passage in the secret teachings of the book of Enoch that says Enoch was placed above the first heaven, and he saw an ocean, a much greater ocean than any earthly ocean. And he explains the motion of the sun. He also explains how the moon generates its light. It's very exacting. It's more of a scientific book than a philosophical book. It's almost like reading a textbook. So it's not allegorical. It's literal.
0: It is actually literal. Um,
1: it is actually literal.
0: So if, if, if we're to take this a step further, and we're, we're, we're looking at the reason uh, governments and scientists would be hiding this fact, and you had pointed out that a lot of the motivation to hide it is because it would mean there is an intelligent design, there's a creator. Are we? Is it basically a religion versus anti-religion uh, um, debate here or, or a struggle here?
1: Yes. Uh, you have Jack Parsons, who is or was with the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He teams up with Walt Disney. They team up with L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology and NASA is created in 1959. So Richard Byrd, the explorer, goes down to Antarctica two, three times, and the last time he goes down, they believe, this is the conspiracy theory, that he found the edge. After his last exploration, they sealed off Antarctica and enacted the Antarctic Treaty. One year later, NASA was established. So essentially what The world has done, those that run this place, as George Carlin would say, is they've sealed off above us and they've sealed off to the south. So you can't go past the Antarctic ice wall or you'll be shot. And you can't go straight up because the only guys that do are Mad Mike and he only gets about 5,000 feet before he crashes.
0: We're talking tonight with Lee Austin. Lee is the author of a book, and we've referenced it a few times here. It's called Morning Star's Tale. You can get more information at the website. And, and uh, Lee, you've mentioned the website a few times, but I just want to point out it's, it's plural, stars, morning, stars, tale, and tale is dot com. What prompted you to write the book, Lee? Why, why the book?
1: As I mentioned earlier in the conversation, back in 2016, I got fired from my uh, national talk show in Austin and came back to Florida, and I was just sitting around, and I don't know what other word I can use other than compelled. I just felt compelled to really dig a lot deeper. And so what I did was I got both sides of the equation. There's a book by Manly P. Hall, who wrote a book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. It's like 1,500 Pages long. It's considered the Bible of the occult. I took that, read it, read the Bible, read the book of Enoch, uh, the book of the secrets of Enoch, the book of Jubilees, the book of Jasher, all these uh, extra biblical texts. And what they all pointed to was an event called the deluge, the flood. Genesis talks about it briefly in the Bible. But actually, this has been going on for a long time. It is a spiritual war, and it began thousands of years ago when the angels came down to Earth, had sex with the women, and created a race of Nephilim. The great architect flooded the Earth, started over, and here we are again in that same period with the Nephilim, and that's another topic we can get into. But I just felt compelled to write about the flat Earth because I felt in my spirit, I was being lied to, and that the greatest secret was here, not on Mars, not in the, another galaxy. The greatest secret is right in front of us, and nobody is talking about it.
0: We have another chat question that I want to put to you. Um, this relates to a different theory, but uh, our, our chatter wants to know, does hollow Earth theory Uh, Is it consistent with flat Earth theory? Can the two coexist? And if so, do you have any thoughts on it?
1: I think they can. When I wrote the book, I left out any references to hollow Earth because I thought it's enough with just trying to digest flat Earth. But the more I checked into it and the more research I've done, I do believe there is validity to it. And a couple things that have really intrigued me, and again, I'm just going to throw this out here because I don't know, but the northern lights have always perplexed me. Why do we have the northern lights but not really the southern lights? Could it be that there is a hole at the North Pole, some some sort of vortex? And then there's the esoteric texts that talk about a black sun in the middle of the earth, and then there's those that believe in Agartha. And then there's those that believe that the reason we have tides is because of this giant vortex in the North Pole and the shifting of the bosom of the earth and that the oceans in in time with the sun, which is positive, and the moon, which is negative, charging the salt water in part responsible for the tides. And another great question is how come there's no tides on the Great Lakes? If the moon controls The tides, per se, and only the moon and its gravitational pull, as the astrophysicists tell us, why is it there's no tides on the Great Lakes?
0: There's so many questions that uh, come up when you start to put this stuff together and you start to try to make sense of the ideas and 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 separated from the things that we've just been told. And in many cases, not only have we just been told these things, but we've been just kind of ordered to believe them, right? In in, in school, throughout the course of, you know, grade school and into high school and even college, you know, you're just told this is fact, believe it. You don't have any firsthand evidence of it or knowledge of it. You just memorize it and move on. Um, so you're actually, these ideas not only um, contend, with religious teachings or, or support religious teaching, but they also uh, get into this whole idea that we are maybe programmed from start to finish from the day we enter school to the day we leave. And we're not taught to think critically. And we're certainly not encouraged to ask questions like this.
1: What was the first thing you saw when you walked into school the first day? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can't remember last week, let alone that day. But I'm sure, I'm sure when you tell me, I'm going to say, oh, that's right. Of well, course I did. The
1: answer is a globe. All yeah, of, us. of course. We exactly. all saw a globe. Yes. yes. Think, let's, instead of trying to intellectualize this, let's for a moment think as a child. Okay? When you get up in the morning, you see the sun moving. You don't see the earth moving. During the course of the evening and sometimes during the day, you see the moon moving. You don't see the earth moving. We're told that right now you and I and everybody else is going approximately 1,000 miles an hour. We're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour and simultaneously we're moving around the sun at 66,000 miles per hour. Our little galaxy is expanding and moving around the Milky Way at 486,000 miles per hour and the, this Milky Way itself is expanding at over a million miles an hour. Now, as a child, is it easier to believe that when you see the sun moving, the sun is moving, when you see the moon is moving, the moon is moving, and when you just stand still and be quiet, turn off your iPhone, and just connect with this world, does it feel like you and I are moving a 1,000 miles an hour right now?
0: When we talk about movement, I was actually going to ask this question as well, and you may have just answered it. But um, even in flat earth theory, is it possible that we're like on a record turntable and we're spinning? Or is there absolutely no movement whatsoever?
1: I believe, and again, this is by reading and doing all this research, I I don't believe there's any movement at all. The astounding part of flat earth that leads you to believe it's intelligent design is that this is, is setting on nothing. Personally, I believe that this flat plane goes out to four distinct corners, but within those corners is a dome, almost like um, a snowball, you know, when you shake a snowball. And that the uh, flat earth itself is almost like an upside down Frisbee. And you have that 60,000 mile Antarctic ice wall. And then at some point past that is a dome, which covers all of this. The reason we've never been to the moon, and I'm just going to throw all this meat at you. <laughs> the reason we've never been to the moon is not that we can't get to the moon, and this is where I differ with other flat earthers. Once you get there, you can't land on it. The, the moon is, in fact, a light. There are two great lights in the sky, and this is you know from the Bible, the sun and the moon. And the Book of Enoch talks about the sun and the moon being the same size. And you're going to see proof of that in a couple of days. On the 21st of June, we're having a solar eclipse. And it's not going to be a full eclipse, but what you'll notice is that the moon covers the sun. We're told by NASA that the moon is 400 times smaller than the sun, and the sun is 400 times further away from the moon, and that's why they appeared to be the same size. Now, getting back to being a child again, if you say to a child, you see the moon and the sun, Do they look to be the same size? And most children would say, yes. And I think what we've lost is our childlike faith and our gut instinct, which is telling us everything we're seeing is exactly what it is. What they're saying is the exact opposite. Go with your heart. Go with your gut. Go with what you see. And that leads you to the truth.
0: But then again, you've got you know, children believing in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, too. So they're, you know, that, that naivete would, would allow you to believe things before you have any information to reason through that. How do you deal with people who say, we've got videos, we've got pictures of the Earth as a globe? Clearly, you don't believe those are real.
1: No, I think the last one they had was 2015, and the gentleman who put it together admitted that it was a composite. Well, that's true. Here's some questions, for, yeah. here's some com- some questions I have for NASA. Between 1969 and 1972, they had six missions to the moon, 12 astronauts walked on the moon. Since 1972, 48 years later, we have yet to go back to the moon, and everyone's celebrating this SpaceX rendezvous with an alleged low-Earth orbit International Space Station, which is only 250 miles, when the moon is supposed to be 238,000 miles away Why is it that 48 years after we landed on the moon six times, we can only get up 250 miles when we went there six times and it was 238,000 miles round trip? That's one way. Doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about about that. And one more
1: thing, NASA says, Don Pettit said they destroyed all the telemetry. And they destroyed all the equipment, it's a painful process to build it back. That's like you're a drag racer; you win the drag race, and then you set your car on fire. That makes <laughs> no sense at all.
0: There is so much about that NASA story and the, related to the moon landings that doesn't make sense. I mean, they lost the original video footage, and, and so many things. These these should have been, you know, enshrined in the Smithsonian or whatever, you know, whatever most secure location on Earth. Uh, this stuff should have been put so that it could have been uh, saved and and referenced when necessary, but they lost it, and apparently they lost the technology, and you're absolutely right. When we talk to people who talk about a moon landing conspiracy. They may not go as far as flat Earth, but they say that we did not actually land on the moon. One of the things that they point to is that if we could do it in 1969, why can't we do it today with all of the technology advancements we've had? It should be a piece of cake. I use that loosely, but um, it should be a lot easier than it was, and we certainly should be able to do it.
1: I always tell people, Don't talk to anyone about flat Earth if that person believes we landed on the moon. A prerequisite for talking about flat Earth is not believing we landed on the moon. Because if you believe we went to the moon, you got to get past that before we start talking about flat Earth. It's almost the difference between high school and college, conspiracy theory-wise. And you're right about NASA. Think about this. I mentioned it earlier. They get $58 million per day from the taxpayers. And now they're talking about 2024. And they show us videos of of the Mars lander on Mars. I don't for a second believe that's coming from Mars. It could be coming from Greenland, but it certainly isn't coming from Mars. I have a hard time getting cell phone reception where I live. (laughs) How in the world are they doing that from Mars? It's lies. You know, J.V., think about this with COVID, with the financial situation with NASA, with everything we've been told, it it almost seems like every lie is being revealed. And as things get darker in the world, it seems like the truth is oozing out slowly. When you realize that just about everything we've been told is a lie, you begin to see the light. And that's the only time you see the light is when you recognize the lie.
0: I think you just made a very, very important point, and I'm going to remove it from the flat earth discussion for just a second, because I think we're starting to see things. And again, I try to avoid making these discussions political, but we're starting to be told that our whole intelligence system is a giant political operation trying to pick winners and losers in presidential elections. This is earth shattering and and groundbreaking information It, it it's the whole bedrock of what the nation's about and we're starting to learn that there might it might be a great big lie
1: it's all a lie the last real president i think this country had was jfk jfk went after the federal reserve he was coining a silver dollar he said we're not going to vietnam and he was trying to get sound money and at the same time not serve the military-industrial complex, and that got him a bullet in the head. And I think before every president begins his term, I think he's taken into a room, he's shown the Zapruder film, and then is asked, do you have any questions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow.
0: Uh, you know, it's, I'm starting to believe that anything and all things are possible. Um, when people say, okay— We've been told all of our lives that the the moon is a dark s- sphere in the sky. And the only reason it shines is because it's reflecting the sun's sunlight. Obviously, that's not compatible with flat earth theory. So tell us what's really happening.
1: According to the book of Enoch, Enoch said he was shown how it works. And this is how it works. Um, over a 14-day period, the sun pours its light into the moon. And you might ask yourself, how is that done? I'm just going to say it's spiritual. But what Enoch saw was that the sun literally pours its light into the moon over a 7- and 14-day period. So after 14 days, the moon is fully illuminated. And then over the next 14 days, it loses one fourteenth of its light per day until it's a new moon and it's fully extinguished and repeats that cycle ad infinitum. The difference is we're told by NASA that the Moon is reflecting the Sun's light. That is a lie. The Moon is in fact projecting its own light that it receives from the Sun over a 14-day period. They've done experiments, guys like Rob Skiva, where they've taken a thermometer on a fully moonlit night And the lighted area is colder than the shadows, proving that the moon projects its own unique colder light and the sun, of course, producing a warmer light. So, again, the sun pours its light into the moon, fully illuminates it after 14 days, and then over the next 14 days slowly extinguishes it, almost like a glow-in-the-dark frisbee. But the reason we can't land on the moon, according to the Book of Enoch, is that it's not terra firma. Even though it looks like it is because of the craters, think of it as a dirty light bulb. And during the day, we've seen, at least I've seen, stars shining through the moon, planets shining through the moon, which proves that it's crystalline and somewhat opaque. So the reason NASA has never gone to the moon is because they can't land on it. I think they've flown around it a few times, but once they get there, there's nowhere to go. Because, in fact, the moon is actually a light, and so is the sun, and they're the same size.
0: So the moon is almost like a light uh, reservoir, like a light battery? Yes. It stores that's a, a light.
1: better way of explaining it than my 15-minute analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, wa-
0: I watched, uh, and I don't even remember the name of it now, but it was a documentary about flat earth theory with Mark Sargent and what's the woman's name? Patricia something, maybe? Oh, Patricia Steer. Steer. And uh, during this documentary, uh, it was more about the lifestyle of people that are interested in flat Earth theory than it was the theory itself. But either way, toward the end of it, they were showing some groups that were doing some experiments uh, related to the things like you said, curvature experiments, all these different things. But I never heard of any of the outcomes of any of that. Are you aware of, of the results of any of their experiments or other experiments like theirs?
1: Well, I actually interviewed Mark Sargent right before I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I hadn't. And and the, the problem with that documentary, uh, it's called Behind the Curve. It was on that's Netflix. Right. That's right. They treated it in a lighthearted manner. And apparently the guys that were filming it hated the idea of flat earth. Yeah. The problem I had with it, it had no scientific data. It was all about personality. Yeah, that's why I said it, lifestyle. It, well, yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. I mean, what I'm trying to do with this book, The Morning Star's Tale book. I'm trying to promote the book and not myself because I think the evidence is overwhelming. And the book contains scientific evidence. It has the Pythagorean equation to check out curvature in the book. It explains how everything works. It explains how the sun moves. It actually explains how the seasons work. It also talks about the Nephilim. It talks about the circuits of the sun. It talks about DNA and how we're constructed. Basically, Lucifer just pulls back the veil and reveals how everything works. But I agree with you. I I didn't really like the documentary because it wasn't sticking to the facts. It was personality over flat earth. The message is flat earth not personality.
0: And, yeah, and I thought that really took away from from what it could have been, sadly. Um, I don't know. I think it may have given Mark uh, Sargent and Patricia Steer a little bit of a boost. Maybe it gives them uh, more opportunity to talk about their ideas and their message, but it, it certainly didn't do the cause any good. Um, but these theories with uh, these experiments related to curvature, I mean, you gave us an example about t- seeing the uh, Chicago skyline. Um, I mean, there have been more extravagant and less anecdotal experiments related to testing these ideas. And they all seem to come away with a big question mark as it relates to the official, uh, what should be happening officially if there was a curvature there. That doesn't seem to pan out when the experiments are done. Am I right about that?
1: You are. The problem is when we talk about these experiments, there's a collective blaze over the audience eyes. I've noticed it time and again. And until I went to the beach, until I saw a boat go over what I thought would be the curve, took out a pair of binoculars and saw the boat come back in to view, I was like everybody else. I was like, I'm I don't, I, I'm just not into it. it. It's almost like you have to see it for yourself, which is why this SpaceX video, I think, is so important, because it's not made by a flat earther. It's produced by SpaceX, and they're showing you that the Earth is flat.
0: Our chat room also asks, Chris in the chat room says, if the moon is making its own light, why then is there a dark side?
1: There isn't. There isn't. I'll just tell you what I've learned, what I've read, what I've studied, what I believe. The moon is flat, just like the Earth. It's a disc. In the song Dark Side of the Moon, on the album Dark Side of the Moon, Uh, there is no dark side pink floyd was actually (laughs) accurate uh there is no dark side think about it as a flat disc like a frisbee and it receives light from the sun every month and then it projects the light it's it's a flat disc there is no dark side of the moon
0: when um we talk about people who have arguments that Represented presented against this idea. Another one that comes up all the time is seasons. How do the seasons work if we are not heliocentric?
1: The sun and the moon are a lot closer than we think. In the book Morning Star's Tale, Lucifer reveals and in, in the book of Enoch, the calculation is approximately 3,500 miles, that the sun and the moon rotate clockwise around the flat plane. So once every 24 hours, the Sun makes a 360-degree circuit above the flat Earth, illuminating half of the Earth at any given time. The way the seasons work is that the Tropic of Capricorn is 23.5 degrees below the imaginary equator line, and the Tropic of Cancer 23.5 degrees north of that. And as a matter of fact, in a couple days, the Sun will reach its apex the first day of summer. So what happens is the sun slides, if you will. Think of it almost like a hockey puck. So as it's making these circles, it's slowly sliding to the north, and then after the first day of summer, which is in a couple days, it'll be directly over the Tropic of Cancer, and then it will slowly slide back to the equator, which is the first day of fall, and then slide back to the Tropic of Capricorn, which will be the first day of winter, on December 21st. The way the seasons work on a flat Earth, again, is that the sun is localized. Because it's very close, that's what makes the difference in the seasons. And again, think of it like a child. NASA tells us that the sun is 93 million miles away. How in the world would a slight tilt make a difference in the seasons? However, because the sun is so close, and it just slides back and forth between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn over a 12-month period, and it's localized, it can affect the season. So, for example, right now, if you go to Alaska, you're going to have 24 hours of daylight because as the sun makes that 360-degree circuit, it's a tighter circuit. So right now, the first day of summer, the sun makes its tightest circuit above the flat Earth. On the first day of winter, when it's over the Tropic of Capricorn, it makes its largest circuit around the Earth. So, in fact, the sun is varying in its speed according to the circuit. And how does that happen? Again, it gets to the spiritual component. I have no idea how it works. I just see it working.
0: If the okay, you, you addressed this before, but I but I think we need to, uh, a little more detailed explanation based on some of the questions I'm seeing flow through chat here. Um, if the Earth is flat, why can't we just get to the edge?
1: We're not allowed. It literally is against the law, and and this is what I really want to impress upon the listener: you cannot legally go there. For example, Qantas Airlines will fly you to Antarctica. You can go to the edge where the ice wall is, and it's a 200-mile ice wall. And there is McMurdo Ice Station, but it's on the edge. Once you start going interior Antarctica, you're breaking the law. The Antarctic Treaty, established in 1959, is the only treaty that's still in effect that is honored by all the major countries of the world. Why? A couple other questions. Why is it that no one ever flies over the South Pole? For example, if you were going to fly from Auckland, New Zealand, to Cape Town, South Africa, the quickest way to get there is to fly over the South Pole.
0: If the world's a globe.
1: But instead, they don't do that. No flights over the South Pole ever.
0: Hmm. So then explain the layout of this flat Earth. Does that mean that the quote-unquote uh, Antarctica actually sur- surrounds this flat uh, Earth layout? Yes. The best
1: way to explain it again is you take a Frisbee, turn it upside down, and you've got the lip. Inside that Frisbee, the upside-down Frisbee with the lip turned up, are all the nations of the world and all the oceans of the world. And all of that, the oceans are held in, by this Antarctic ice wall. It's 60,000 miles in circumference and 200 feet high. After the ice wall is Antarctica, but it's not a continent. We don't know what comes after the ice wall. You go in a few miles, you'll get shot. It is against the law to go to the South Pole. And my question is why? And why is it that in the history of aviation, There has never once been a flight from the North Pole down to the South Pole and back to the North Pole. We've gone east to west, but we've never done the north to south circumnavigation. Not once in the history of mankind. Why?
0: All great questions. I want to ask you more about the book, Morning Star's Tale. Uh, you keep referencing, and I know because we've talked about the book before, that you you wrote the book, but you present it as Lucifer telling, uh, narrating or giving this information. Why did you do it that way?
1: Shock value. If I wrote the book and I narrated the book, well, I wrote the book. Uh, if I narrated it, I'm just some guy. Flat Earth is so controversial, it is the most ridiculed conspiracy theory. It's the most ridiculed topic that anybody can talk about right now. So it had to be presented by someone with a lot of hubris, someone who is a pathological liar and doesn't care and actually doesn't want you to believe. When Lucifer is writing the book, he tells you in the first chapter why he hates you. And then after he tells you why he hates you, he explains how the whole thing works. And the reason he does it is because he knows you won't believe him. It's almost like a major league baseball player who can throw a 110-mile-an-hour fastball you walk up to the batter and go the next one's going to be down the middle at 110 he tells the batter because he knows he'll never get around on it he's that good and lucifer is the same way he knows exactly how this place is put together and he tells man because he knows man is too ignorant to believe him the problem is as he's explaining how everything is set up he can't help but brag that he's the one who built it so even though he knows a lot he doesn't know who's in charge.
0: What What's the one thing that um, can happen or one experiment that can be done that actually has, can physically be done as well as theoretically be done that can convince the naysayers that Flat Earth is not just theory but fact?
1: Easy. Fly over the South Pole. Get on a plane in Tierra del Fuego or Auckland, New Zealand, or Cape Town, any southern city, fly over the South Pole, come up on the other side, and we're full of crap. Easy. Very, very easy. Why don't they do it?
0: What happens if a uh, private aircraft, somebody, say you, say you had a a big jet and you were going to set out to prove this and you just went? That direction and flew over the South Pole. What would happen to you?
1: I would be Epstein.
0: Would you be shot down?
1: No, I would be Epstein. So you would be they would they would say they would say he he uh, he got too uh, much into this flatter stuff and killed himself. Okay, so but shoot me down.
0: Would you make it? I mean, I, obviously, if there, if if the if it's a big dome. wall on the edge of the world, you wouldn't make it. Yeah, okay,
1: you'd hit the dome. Right, that's what I honestly believe would happen if you just headed south. You headed over the ice wall and you kept going through this land that no one has ever seen except maybe Admiral Byrd and a couple of others. And why is it since 1957 no one has explored this? They say they have, but they haven't. It's real easy. Just fly over to the South Pole, pop up on the other side. We're liars. We're wrong. Nobody will do it. Nobody.
0: What's next for you? Is is there another book in the works? Are you? How else do you continue to present this message?
1: There's been a couple times when I've wanted to discontinue presenting this message <laughs> because of, because yeah. of all the ridicule, and uh, I have probably given away ten thousand ebooks so far. I've been marketing to colleges and and uh, radio stations across the world. I've probably done about 20 interviews so far. And every time that I'm getting ready to wrap it up, I get another invite on another show. Um, I'm just going to keep doing it as long as people find this topic of interest. And quite honestly, I'm having a hard time writing another book because I can't think of anything as insane as flat earth. This is without a doubt the craziest topic I've ever encountered in my life because if it is true... And again, there's 1% of me that's not sure because I haven't seen it. But if it's true, it is a motherload of conspiracies.
0: So the folks that believe the earth was flat, you know, 500 years ago, whatever it was, uh, were they, did they believe that because they, they knew, they knew the secret? Or were they just using their five senses to come, come to their conclusions?
1: I think it was a combination, you know, getting back to that childlike faith when you see the sun moving. Is it the Earth moving? No, it's the sun moving. But the other part of it is, you know, even though they were, quote-unquote, primitive uh, societies, you take a look at the uh, pyramids and the way those shafts are set up, and even the Georgia Guidestones, you know, I know that's a more of a modern monolith, but uh, the ancient civilization, uh, civilizations, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Hebrews, uh, they were deeply involved in cosmology, and one thing hasn't changed. Polaris is the North Star. There are two immovable points in the universe, Polaris, the North Star, and the flat Earth. And that's how people navigate. If you have the uh, North Star to your right, you're heading west. If you have it on your left shoulder, you're heading east. None of this has changed. And another way you can prove that the Earth is flat is with time-lapse photography. If you head, for example, to Alaska and you do... Um, uh, multiple shots of the sky at night, you'll see that all the stars revolve around the North Star Polaris. So essentially, all of the stars, the sun and the moon below the dome, all rotate around the flat Earth. It's geocentric. And if Intelligent Design built this, which I believe he did, then we're very important. And this gets to the crux of what it is. Flat Earth increases your faith in God, heliocentrism leads to nihilism, because if you're just on a ball rotating nowhere, going nowhere, with no point in a minor galaxy, what's the point of existence? But if we are the center of the universe, and this place was built for us, then we must be very special. So the one thing that has happened, and this is the only conspiracy theory that I enjoy, all the other ones are pretty dark, it's increased my faith. It's increased my faith in intelligent design because I appreciate this place more than I ever have.
0: I don't think most people are considering the religious component of this discussion when they're listening to our conversation, other conversations, but it still elicits a very emotional response from a lot of people. Why is that so?
1: Let's say you've been married for 40 years and one day you find out Your wife's been cheating on you for 10 years. Your reality was a lie. For the last 10 years of your marriage, your reality was a lie. And when you tell someone the earth is flat, what you're telling them is that what you believe is a lie. And the people you admire are actors, and they're lying to you. And everything you've been told is a lie. That's really hard to digest when you're wearing a NASA T-shirt watching SpaceX launch from Kennedy Space Center. This is ironic that they're launching rockets from a space center named after a president who actually tried to be honest and was shot, and they're launching fictitious. The, The rockets aren't fictitious, but the destination is.
0: All right, so we're out of time here, but I want you to, one more time, let people know what they can uh, see when they go to your website and look for this SpaceX video cons- comparison.
1: Yeah, if you go to MorningStarsTale.com, that's MorningStarsTale, T-A-L-E.com, go to the homepage, scroll about halfway down, and you'll see SpaceX, forward to the 1043 mark, and you're going to see two distinct shots of the earth one with a fisheye lens and one apparently without and the one without is showing a straight edge which indicates the earth is flat look at it for yourself study it believe it don't believe it it's entirely up to you if you want the book you can actually get it from amazon it's morningstarstale.com and there is a link at my website
0: Lee, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for doing such a great job of presenting this information to us. You know, we've got mixed reactions, of course, and I'm sure you're used to that. But uh, it's a great discussion nonetheless, and I thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Jv. Have a terrific
0: evening. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by Jv Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at Slick Edwards. Slick Eddie Edwards at gmail.com.